I. Our opening featuring a talk by Barbara Bernstein on Thursday, October 3rd from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Calacamus Community College campus in Wilsonville. In the Blink of an Eye is a multi-layered art exhibit which delves into the history, science, and technology behind atomic weapons and power. Barbara Bernstein will be speaking at 4.30 p.m. about the Hanford nuclear site, followed by brief artist talks. Again, that's In the Blink of an Eye, art opening featuring a talk by Barbara Bernstein on Thursday, October 3rd from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Calacamus Community College campus. 29353 Southwest Town Center Loop East in Wilsonville. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Nuclear war. Yeah. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of Poll Disclosure on Friday, October 4th from 4 to 7.30 p.m. at the AWOL Dance Collective Space in Portland. Poll Disclosure is a full-length circus theater show using aerial acrobatics as a conduit for storytelling. The artist will unfold the story of two women and their journeys through healthy and unhealthy relationships featuring live, original cello music. The artist will hold space after the show for discussion. Again, that's Poll Disclosure, Friday, October 4th from 4 to 7.30 p.m. at the AWOL Dance Collective Space, 513 Northeast Schuyler Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of a talk by Alex Vitale on Saturday, October 12th at the Dismantle Change Build Center in Portland. Alex Vitale, director of the Brooklyn College Policing and Social Justice Project, is the author of The End of Policing. He'll be speaking on how to reconstruct police culture and behavior and describe alternatives that remove the police from dealing with drug addiction, houselessness, sex work, mental health crises, and more. Again, that's Alex Vitale on Saturday, October 12th, 6 p.m. at the Dismantle Change Build Center, 14 Northeast Killingsworth in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Is this how the clip's going to be? Yeah, All right, uh, welcome back to Comic Insights with your host, Nick Harris. I'm here with Wendy Weiss, Dylan Jenkins, Brandon Lines. What up? And we're going to go straight into a Wendy clip. Uh, okay. So if we could do the Weiss Cat Lady, and we will come back and talk about it. A lot of people, if you have a cat and you're a woman, people will be like, oh, are you a crazy cat lady? Are you crazy? You have a cat, you must be crazy. No, I live in a fucking apartment. Can't have a bear. <laughs> I can't have a bear, that's the obvious choice, but I'm not rich and I fear death, so no bears. Uh, I don't have time for a dog. Hamsters are fucking stupid. And so are you if you own one and you're above the age of 10. I'm not a crazy cat lady. Some people are like self-proclaimed crazy cat ladies, though. They'll be like, oh my god, I'm so crazy. I just love cats. I'm so fucking crazy. Do you need medication or? No, I just have three cats and I'm really crazy. Do you cut yourself and tell other people it's their fault? 
what's worse. I have three cats and I named them all after Serenity characters. I'm so crazy. That's not a crazy cat owner. The crazy cat owner is the first motherfucker to go into a swamp, kill a fucking alligator, bring it home, feed it to their fucking cat and be like, does this please you? Great, great cool. job. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember that. That was the first open mic that you hosted at Helium. Was, was when it? I pulled that one, yeah. Okay. Um, so you were, like, I got this, no worries. You're telling people if they had a hamster, they're dumb. Yeah. Like, so where does that come from to where you're like, fuck it, I'm going to just say what I, a lot of comics don't do that. Call people stupid? Yeah. I'm fine with calling <laughs> people stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because, um, let's see, let me try and think back when I wrote that. Um, that, actually, one of the last times that I told that joke, I actually was like, um, uh, I was like, yeah, uh, and hamsters are fucking stupid. And I just saw a guy in the back go, <laughs> and then he left. Like, I walked him and his girlfriend because of that. It was so weird. Um, I don't know. I like it because everybody always agrees that hamsters are dumb, and right. they probably don't think about it until I say it. I'm just calling it to your attention that hamsters are fucking stupid. Nobody's talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that joke, I really like that joke a lot. I've stopped doing it as much just because it is, like, so long, um, and I'm moving on to other stuff. But I like that joke a lot because I remember at the time that I wrote it, I was, like, just kind of, like, struggling with the idea that um, – I couldn't actually sit down and write a joke if I tried. Like, all the things that I was talking about on stage Mm -hmm. were just things that sort of, like, were coming to me, and then I was, like, writing them down. But to actually sit down and be like, I'm going to write a joke, like, I was like, oh, my God, can I do that or not? Like, so that was a joke that I actually did. I was like, I I don't know what I'm going to write about, but I'm going to sit down and write a joke that Mm -hmm. I really like. And I did, and I really liked that joke a lot, and I used it for a while. So, um, yeah, so... <clears throat> but there is like and that's also one of the jokes where there's a few parts in that where I did intend it to be funny and be a joke and it's probably and probably still also a little bit like shocking mm-hmm. and it never gets a laugh but I keep it in there because I really like it you know like oh do you cut yourself and tell them that it's their fault it's like my favorite part yeah I love yeah. it see and that's one of those things I have some jokes like that where there's a part that is my favorite part that I think is one of the funniest parts that don't get as much of a laugh as other places I disagree with the audience frequently <laughs> on it but I'll, I'll keep it in as long as it's not like the entire joke you know um, just because I really like it um, and yeah so. when you disagree with the audience who's right you were the audience that's such a good question <laughs> Uh, Thanks. They gave me a radio. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I want to say the audience because that's what it is. You're making people laugh, and if you're not making them laugh, then you're not doing comedy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but there's, but that that's like something that's like over time, over many audiences. No one audience is right or wrong about the jokes that you're saying because some of them suck ass. So. Right. Um, and you know, sometimes you can get an audience that is really weird. That is com- the complete opposite where they will like laugh at parts where nobody ever laughs at. And then complete like crickets at a part where you always get a laugh. And it's like, really like it throws you off a lot Yeah. and they're wrong always. They're like, it's really weird G- over time. You know, audience kind of audiences kind of tend to agree with each other, you know, right? but you know, they're right. Otherwise you're not doing comedy. So, uh, Dylan, you have this. Let's just say you have a joke that you feel like, oh, this is funny. 
and it's not going over right away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who's right? You are the audience, and how do you get them on your side after you know telling it a couple of times? Like if I if I tell it a couple times and it doesn't get anything, mm-hmm. then I, it's me. Like I feel that unless you know I believe in it so strongly that I'm willing to reword it or work it out to where it gets something. Do you have any bits like that? Where you uh, had to work it out for a long time? Like you just, I know this is going to work and you just had to keep working on it? Um, let me, uh, I, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Naturally good. No, no, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of stuff that didn't work or won't work. I'm just trying to think, uh, let's see, I mean, a lot of times it's just I kind of get in my own way mm-hmm. as far as like I'm really I'm I'm having like an M. Night Shyamalan twist moment with you guys with you bringing up like oh yeah like pea sandwich <laughs> dead children <laughs> where I'm like oh no like, like it, it was like shocking whatever bad all the things I like didn't want to be it just was uh <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, you just keep going. Like, I thought I had a really unique unique take on that pea sandwich, man. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. It's just kind of just, uh, you know, th- uh, I mean, the fun is really trying to get something to finally, work, right. you know, move things around. And, uh, yeah, like, if something gets, like, nothing, like, I'm, I'm pretty good at, I, I think it just, like, okay, I'll just move on, try something else. Mm-hmm. Brandon, not to put you on the spot, do you remember the last joke that you finally got to work, and how did you switch it up? You know what I'm saying? So where um, was you? You kind of stuck on a joke. You yeah. switch up a couple things, and it finally ended up working for you. Yeah, I don't know if it was my last one, but I do remember one that worked. It was uh, I have this joke about my mom about like her um, going to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And like the joke is like, uh, there's two things about my mom that like really easy to explain is like, is like one's this thing, and the other one is she likes going to trips to Jamaica by herself. And uh, before I phrased it like that, that part, I used to say my mom likes going to Jamaica by herself, right. but like people didn't get what I was saying and they didn't laugh. But like another, like Wendy thought, like I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever said in my life. Like. <laughs> But like people just didn't understand it. Right. But I was wrong because I wasn't explaining it right. Because once I finally did, then that shit kills every time I say it. Like right. now, like people get like, oh, his because I have to explain that my mom's white, my parents aren't together, mm-hmm. and she's going to go fuck black dudes in Jamaica. Get like I have back. to like yeah, get Stella gets rude. Mm-hmm. I have to like walk them there. For me, like that's all just stuff that I know, so I can just say my mom going to. Jamaica by yourself, that's funny automatically. Right. But like, you have to explain why things are funny sometimes to people. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that you think are so funny and are the gold in your sets are because you have that background knowledge of them, because you're aware of everything. And right. everyone else will think it's so funny too if they have that knowledge, if they have, if they're aware of everything. That's like, that's the biggest difference. That's why black people and white people are different, man. We just <laughs> <laughs> so breaking new ground here. Yeah, don't yeah. have the same knowledge, you know man. what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I so I'm thinking about the a joke that I've recently got to work a lot better than it had had been for a long time mm-hmm. was the the two teeth 
Joe. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So initially, like I, I came up with that because like I saw a dude outside of the Walgreens by my work on, like this dude, this bike was like eighteen hundred dollars, like carbon fiber, and this dude just like leaned it up against the wall to go in the Walgreens real quick and come right out and like he like he only had a couple teeth and so I, I was like oh the the punchline is. The bike's obviously stolen if the number of wheels greater than or equal to the amount of teeth in the rider's mouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I thought that was funny. Did you just look at him and you're like, two wheels. Two, two, two wheels. <laughs> yeah, it was just... That ain't no bike. I knew the bike was stolen before I even saw his teeth. <laughs> but then I saw the teeth and I'm like, okay, like, like maybe he's going to buy toothpaste or something, you know? like. But so, but when I tell, and then, you know, then the, you know, the but then I realized that's the fewest amount of teeth required to still be referred to as teeth. Mm-hmm. The like when I do, I would do the 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 part about the bike being stolen. Like audiences would kind of pull away from that. Sure. And like I'd say maybe two out of ten times that part would hit, but the other eight it would just kind of some people would like it and others not. And so I, I've recently just cut the whole stealing the bike just the and thing. just be like I saw the dude with two teeth. And I got kind of sad, but then I, re- and with doing that, like it just it works so much better. Right. Like just that, like the punchline part. I didn't, I didn't need that setup. It was, it it was taken away from it. Right. And so now that I take that out and just do that, and then I got a new tag for it. It just it hits so much harder without the, the bad stuff. And that's right. where you have to kind of know when the audience is wrong and you're right, but just in the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I know that this is funny. You're not laughing yet, yeah. but I got to keep trying it until it is. And, and it, that's that's the way where you're right and they're wrong, but only in a, in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like right. right now you're right, but you won't be. Like I'll get this to where you will eventually mm-hmm. like it. You right. know what I mean? And that's what I know is there, but it's just not quite, mm-hmm. you know. And, and now like if... But if I'm in like a like a rowdy room and I can sense that they're like all laugh at someone with fucked up teeth, like <laughs> I'll throw in the stolen bike part. Right. And if it's a crowd that's like down, like that'll hit and the other things will. But for the most, so I still it's nice like knowing like okay I don't use that, but if like I could I could still throw that in if I thought it would help. Well, I think you're better off just trying to get to the funny as fast as possible. Yeah. Like the one thing I've learned from Bobby Lee. Uh, is he <laughs> he is probably the quickest at just getting to the funny right it might be just him grabbing someone's hand and putting it on their dick or on his dick but would, it's still would you say he gets to the funny within like 27 minutes or <laughs> way quicker than that funny uh, is what he calls his penis but I mean his, he doesn't have any setup it's real just boom here's my joke I'm gonna throw it out Right, so I think a lot of times people get set up with the I gotta have this premise, yeah. you gotta have a setup, that and you gotta understand it. Something you know that I had like a long journey with, of, like how much setup set does the audience actually need to understand my joke? And it's always a lot less than I think, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get to like, okay, could I just like tell this joke if I just like I, I've started kind of working backwards? Could I just tell this joke if I just say the punchline? You know, right. like what do I need? before that you know like what do I need there was a a joke that I had that actually um I had a lot of jokes that I was like I really want to fit all these together it was actually for the contest I want to fit all these together they don't really go together if I go this direction I have to you know do this and so I was like how can I fit all these together and I just like got rid of everything and I was like whatever's the shortest thing I need to say to make uh you know the 
this joke fit with this joke, you know? And I got a really good, it kind of just like forced me to be like, I didn't need fucking most of the shit that I was saying for this right. joke. So now I have actually like a joke that I'm using now that I wrote a long time ago that I got rid of everything except for basically the punchline. And now I can fit it with my shit that I'm doing now. And it, it, and it it's hits way just better. as hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, a lot of setup to a mm -hmm. joke, uh, we're going to listen to one more of yours. Okay. Uh, you listen to 90.7 KBOO. Uh, this is Comic Insights with your host, Nick Harris. We're going to listen to uh, Wendy talk about perms. Portland likes to act like they're all super liberal, right? Like everybody here acts like they support a woman's right to govern her own body. But the second that you mention getting a perm, <laughs> it's Nazi fucking Germany all over the place, dude. It's ridiculous. I have been, like, perms are fucking abortions. What's the difference? I don't get it. There's no difference, right? I've been to salon after salon after salon, and I've been turned away asking for a perm because they didn't agree with my choice. <laughs> That's how you end up with a back alley perm. <laughs> and then you lose all your confidence, and then you drop out of college. It's horrible. My body, my volume. I can't believe you guys laughed at that. Oh, my God. Uh, I kept that in because that might be my favorite part about the joke. Like, I just can't believe y'all laughed at that. But it's hilarious. Just saying my body, my volume yeah. is a funny thing. The whole thing setting up to it is funny, of course. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You like, you got to the funny quick, but you had a bunch of stuff leading up to it that was still funny. So how do you say, oh, I can get rid of this, and you might not need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're like, I'm just going to get rid of this shit, how do you let that go? I completely forgot about that joke. Well, mostly, honestly, it's like I need to make this fit in three minutes, you know, because right. every mic is three minutes. So I need to, mm -hmm. I have all these things that I want to work on. And really, it's like, how can I smash all these things together? And, you know, I have just like this, like, I need to say something funny within the first, like, you know, you know, three seconds, you know, mm -hmm. like, and then what can I fit in there? Um, I mean... I don't know like I mean like I said I just kind of try to work backwards and then and just try out different things say different things because some right. things are not necessary to the joke they are just funny to say you mm -hmm. know um like my body my volume not necessary funny to say I st still can't believe they laughed at that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so just trying out different things and you know I guess you just kind of like maybe get a sense for it after a while just like do I really need this you know or right. sometimes I've said things I've taken things out and then I discovered later oh I do need that actually mm -hmm. you know because nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about right now so you know or the joke doesn't hit as hard or like yeah so I mean honestly it's still something that I kind of struggle with so I don't know if I have a full good answer to that because right. I still am not you know that's still something that I'm working on so what I still think about uh, comedy is I think you're never done working on it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not getting into it because you're in it to master it. You're going to always be working mm -hmm. on getting better. So, Brandon, what are you working on right now as far as this is what I need to improve on? Mostly like sex appeal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really just trying to be more sexual on stage. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on... Um, I have to remind myself every time I go on stage that, hey, we are entertainers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? People are here, uh, whether they knew it or not, that, that they're here to see like a show. We're here to perform. 
be that be extra you know what i mean like mm-hmm. be someone that you would want to watch on stage um be captivating like and that's the type of stuff that i'm trying to work on uh i just i don't want um to be like lackluster you know what i mean sure there's definitely times where i'm like watching a show and i'm like well this is all right like what he's saying is fun but he's not like or they're not um captivating me. don't even want to be on stage exactly yeah. i don't want to be that person um so that's I need to work. I'm working on my attitude every time I go up, being excited that I'm there, um, and uh, I, I would say that's what. And like putting on a show, mm-hmm. like I like knowing the difference between like this is about me doing my set, doing comedy, and then like this is about them coming to see a show. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I want these people to have a good time. I want them to be hitting the person next to them. Like, mm-hmm. can you, you know what I mean? Like, can you believe this? How are you yeah. having fun? Can you, you know what I mean? Like right. I. And uh, when you do create that, that feeling that you get is cannot be like surpassed by anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the best feeling in comedy. Like mm-hmm. it's it's better than getting that one person to laugh super hard at that one thing you said. You know what I mean? Like when you get a whole room rocking, like that's where it's at. Right. Um, that's uh, and I've had this issue of, and even if it's like not a packed room. Like if you can get a, a semi-filled room rocking, right. you can still get the same feeling. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have an issue of if I don't see a packed room, I won't pull my full effort out, and like that doesn't make any sense. Like that right. doesn't. I I need to be giving my all no matter who's there. You know what I mean? And like the best comedians are the same if there's one person in the room mm-hmm. or 300 you know what i mean and you hear this but that is so hard to do as a performer right. to go up and give it your all and let you know, like not be self-conscious that you're, you're like doing everything for one one person and like that's what i'm working on yeah, yeah. which is a, is a struggle i mean i think the person i've heard the most about that is sinbad when he would tell me these stories when he used to do comedy for five or six people and would just murder for five or six people and then they'd be like hey come on back right yeah and then you they talk about him be like yo sinbad i was here with just and he murdered and then that's almost more impressive when you hear Mm -hmm. about it than someone's Mm -hmm. like oh it was a packed room and they killed for an hour and that's the thing because like if you make a packed room laugh the laughter kind of rolls you know what i mean people are catching it from each Mm -hmm. other if you i feel honestly sometimes i feel a little bit more intimidated if a room is like half full and like oh definitely people are like sort of like clouding each other's ability to laugh yeah. and fill up the room you you, know? you're making eye contact with everybody mm-hmm. there yeah yeah but it's crazy like some of the best shows and experiences i've had on stage and i feel most comics have are in the just the strangest of moments when it's only okay yeah there's nine people here this shouldn't work mm-hmm. but you know like sometimes you're able to go up and like just have fun with it and it's like, okay like that was rad, and right. like that kind of feels. It was like rem- like the boiler room open mic. Yeah, like that was when you got that place going. Yeah, and they were laughing. You felt like a god mm-hmm. yeah. because you just saw thirty minutes of nothing before you. Yeah, and then you got it, and you're like, "Wow, this is something special." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm. the best. Uh, Wendy, what are you working on currently? Um, let's see. I am kind of working on um trying to and I say this and I know like you watch me like somewhat frequently <laughs> so I don't want you to be like you're not working on that bitch <laughs> like trying to go up and like sort of have a loose idea of what I'm gonna say but really not 
sort of like try to come up with whatever I'm going to say on stage. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just kind of like riffing a little bit, but sort of doing it in the context of like adding to my jokes, you know? Sure. So um, I think last time I did Helium, last Tuesday or something at the mic, um, there was something that I was talking about that actually like I didn't plan most of it. I just had like one funny thing that I was like, I think the sentence is funny, like, so I'm going to go up there. And it actually like went relatively well, the things that I didn't know that I was going to say. And that's just something that like, um, that I would just like to get better at, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I think it is more fruitful than just writing sometimes, honestly. Well, crowd work can go crazy, yeah. right? Like if you get yeah. a good room and you're doing crowd work, it can be the biggest pop right. you'll ever hear. Yeah. What's up, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember talking to Jake and he sucked for three years of crowd work. <laughs> and I talked to him here about it. Like it was a process where he said, all right, I'm going to find out. He never sucked out. at crowd work. Yeah, he did. He said, I'm going to get better at not being good at this. And he spent time trying to get better yeah. and then incorporating that into my, oh, that's crazy work on an airplane. Isn't airplane food crazy? You know what I mean? How yeah. to twist that back into your material. Yeah, and that's something that I would really like to get better at because I'm not, you know, extremely proficient at crowd work, you know, and so I'm, like, trying to sort of, like, ease myself into it without, I don't know, destroying my self-confidence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. It's but, tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just, like, sort of thinking off the cuff. Also, um, I am trying to sort of, like get right now I'm kind of like in the process of throwing a lot of jokes away and so mm -hmm. like I said I had sat down and written that um that that cat alligator joke because I was like I'm gonna just fucking write a joke I mean that's still something that I would like to work on it's just like getting more control over what it is exactly that I'm gonna write than rather than letting the writing process just sort of happen you All know right. so that's it Dylan what are you working on currently I'm Right now, I'm really trying to solidify the 25 to 30 minute set, mm -hmm. and so that's like it's this. I feel like the so far with comedy for me, it's just been like trying to write a joke that works. Like, okay, here's three minutes. It's just like building these incremental things. Right. But now that I've got enough of those, I have to. I'm trying to arrange them in a way that makes a like a, a 25 minute set right roll smoothly. And that's like it's just. I feel like comedy is kind of like like five minute increments like like kind of like mm -hmm. leveling up with like what you what you can do on stage well mm -hmm. and that like that 25 to 30 is like it's another there's another level of preparation and that's really where you're doing the due diligence to arrange things in a way that they can kind of flow right. and easy for me to remember and ultimately work out to like legit crescendo mm -hmm. of sorts like that's really that's what I'm trying to focus on that's now. That's something that piece. I'm that that was not um I didn't have the words for that until just now. I'm trying to work on building a crescendo also like with my comedy having like a certain flow and like you know put together a bunch of shit that I just have laying yeah. around, you yeah. know. Um there's like this joke that I've been trying to work on that is like so fucking funny and I really love it and there is no crescendo to it whatsoever. There's no like adding anything to it. So yeah, that's yeah. I just I didn't realize that's what mm. also what I'm trying to do. No, what are your thoughts on crowd work? I I think uh, I think it's I love watching it done. Right. And I've got a lot of respect for just like kind of being on the line like that. Are you one to really do a lot of crowd work? I don't think I see you not too not much. particularly. Yeah. 
like uh, the 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 video game bit. Like I'll I'll ask a person about their least favorite coworker, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just a good thing to ask someone because usually people have one to go you know go off of. But I, but I definitely I don't shy away from you know acknowledging things that happen right. in the room, like because some of the best you know like if a, someone drops a glass or something, you can just you can use these small things to your advantage. Like I love doing that. Right. But the the crowd work show that Jake and Hunter did mm-hmm. last month, like I I had a blast doing that, and that was definitely it was kind of this uh, reinvigorating thing, like going out there and trying to ask questions to get you know interesting answers and kind of riffing off of it. Mm-hmm. And but it's not something I see myself like you know, I'm gonna really <laughs> focus on this. It's just right. it's not my it's not my thing. But yeah. it's I love watching it done well. It's the, it's great. Brandon, are you a real crowd work dude? Um, I <laughs> if so, here's the thing. If if you say something, like if someone says something to me, I will a hundred percent like engage with that person and then like be combative with them. But uh, unless I'm like feeling like I don't have shit to say, mm-hmm. then I I really don't. Um, but like Dylan said, if anything goes on in the room, I'll talk about it. Um, if anybody says anything or laughs weird, I'll point that out. Um, I don't, I don't ever go in being like, "Oh, I'm about to use ten minutes of this for crowd work." That's not right. what I. I don't ever do that. Like, where do you work at? Yeah, okay, now I, don't, I have thirty I don't. minutes because I just did ten of crowd work. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't like doing that. But definitely like being combative with people that are either being loud or if someone's like falling asleep in the front row i'll have to call that out and like talk to them for a little bit (laughs) yeah um if someone like at the mic if someone was being weird to someone earlier i love bringing that back up and like talking about that um but i it has to be something else that they bring it on to me Mm because i actually i don't like when people like when uh audience members come sit in the front row give you exactly what you want which is someone up front and then people be mean to the people at the front like i actually Mm -hmm. i don't like that i despise that i'm like leave Mm -hmm. them the fuck alone they sat in the front like we need Mm -hmm. to be thankful for them and leave like don't say nothing to them please what about the curtis cook stuff where he's like you fuck her an ass and all that stuff i don't did that drive you nuts i don't like that stuff either yeah i don't like just saying stuff to make people feel uncomfortable is not really my thing right um but but like Curtis did stuff that was killer what? when he wasn't doing that. That you know was what I mean? him. Yeah, bored. I think. Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. exactly. Like I don't, I don't want to. I don't really like talking to make like if <laughs> if you're gonna make fun of a couple, you have to just do it at the dude. Don't do it at the like. It's just to me, it's just so much easier just to like make fun of the dude in that situation. Right. Um. But it, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Wendy, what about you? Are you out? I have to piss so bad okay. right now. What cool. was the question, though? Oh, crowd work. <laughs> what are your thoughts about it? Do you mess with it? I wish I was better at crowd work. Um, there, sometimes I've had some really good experiences with crowd work where, um, you know, where what I have to say sort of hits the audience just right. But then mm-hmm. I've also had some experience where I'm like, I just kind of feel like 
Um, generally, I only respond to people if they're giving me something, you know, right. like I don't go out and search people out usually, you know, I'll say maybe a thing or two here or there. But um, but there's also like situations where like, you know, I'll try to respond appropriately to somebody who's heckling. But sometimes it's just like I really can't say what I feel like is popping into my head. Otherwise, I'm going to bring I'm going to piss everyone off or bring the room down. You right. know? So um and so, that's what I do when I'm super combative. I just say exactly what's coming to my head, yeah, and then everyone hates yeah, and me. I think that's <laughs> mistake, really. like, wow, you went really hard at that mistake. lady. You just yeah. said one thing, and like yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I was ready for this. Yeah, you know I mean, she was asking where the bathrooms <laughs> were. I think well, the, the well, you know what? Remember last time I did your show, there was a lady who oh. asked me to. Uh, she well, she was saying, uh, "What the fuck did she say?" She told me to show her my tits, and also then someone else was like. Um, I, I was talking about something. Okay, so uh, I was not there that time. Oh, that's right. You weren't there yet. But if I was, I would have nixed that in the butt. Yeah. But the thing that happened to Wendy, which happens to when people are heckling you sometimes, it was a lady in the front, right? Mm -hmm. mm. No one else could hear what that lady yeah. was saying to right. Wendy. So it just looked like Wendy was freaking out over nothing. Oh. And then... I think you kind of, you might have. I left. I walked yeah, off you, stage. That's the only yeah. time I've ever done that. I fucking walked off so stage like, because it was just never in my life have I done a set where not only did somebody yell, show me your tits, but I also was like, uh, made the mistake of being like, oh, like you guys don't think that's funny. And someone was like, no. And I was like, oh. that's the last straw I'm leaving, yeah. you know? And, but that was a situation where the lady had been talking about like, um, going to college and like going to debt. And I was talking to her a little bit and you know, but before that someone else was up there and they were talking to her and I couldn't hear if she was talking to them or not but I thought the comic before me was inviting them to talk and I was like if they mm. fucking <sighs> keep talking during my set I'm going to be really upset at this comic you know because they're opening yeah. the door but uh, you know that was just a thing where like the, the only things that were running through my head were not funny you right. know what I mean yeah so, it's attacking somebody yeah. there's nothing and witty about it it shut your fucking mouth yeah, yeah. yeah. in a bad situation which works though you know like sometimes Dude. it does <clears throat> the crowd didn't is aren't able to get on your side right. with hating her exactly. because they don't hear yeah, they her, even though they would hate her if they would just hear. So yeah, that's yeah. that's another thing you have to be. That's mm -hmm. why the the trick is, I guess, is you repeat what the person yeah. said to you, oh. just so yeah. everyone gets yeah. on the same board and be like, oh, you said show me your tit, like. That that's what yeah you know. I've seen total meltdowns yeah, off of that where yeah. someone's just in the front row talking and then a comic uh, headliner will just be like get the fuck out and everyone's like yeah. why are you exactly. freaking out because mm -hmm. it's it's personal it's personal yeah. it's worse than someone yelling it's someone heckling with talking it's like <laughs> yeah. they don't even have to yeah. raise their voice but they get to get immediately yeah. into you mm -hmm. and like you can see that you can see their eye the whites of their eyes mm -hmm. so you're like. Mm. Nigga, if I didn't have this microphone in my hand right now, <laughs> bruh, it would be once. I would see you right now. Right. You know? uh, well, we're going to run through a Dylan Jenkins hey. uh, audio clip while we got it. So um, you're on Comic Insights, KBOO 90.7. Uh, we'll listen to Dylan Jenkins talk about dry erase boards. I woke up the other day, I came downstairs, and I found that uh, one of my roommates had written a passive-aggressive note on our dry erase board. Yeah. We all know it, we're like, we all have roommates. And I just, it made me think, like you think the person that invented the dry erase board realized that they were creating the wheel of passive aggression. Just the ultimate tool, like refined. Just it's, he's like, thanks for doing the dishes. And my roommate, he bought scented pens, scented dry erase pens. 
That's a thing now. Cherry, blueberry, chocolate. It's fucked up. So you can be like, thanks for doing the dishes, Carol. <sighs> like, it's fucked up. Like, just, like, you know, I had a boss once that wrote down, if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean on a drought race board. If you've ever written that down in any medium or said it out loud, fuck you. Okay? I'm just taking a stand right now, okay? Because that is the most bullshit. No one has ever walked up to that and been like, damn, you know what? My ratio of leaning to cleaning has been askew for some time. Wow. Just the level of introspection, you're like, man, this pertains to not only my work, but my relationship with myself, my family. I've been metaphorically leaning when it's been time to clean. I'm going to call my father. It's going to be great. Uh, so I've been waiting for about an hour 20 to bring this up, Dylan. But even when you say wild shit, you are so likable and it's so smooth and cool. How did you come up with this style that you have? Is this just... Again, authentically you? I, like, I would probably s say so. Like, just yeah. the, like, just when it's just me and my friends, like, just, like, I, I, it's funny, like, how a specific group of my friends, like, we'll have each other laughing, saying terrible things. Mm -hmm. But just the, like, I don't know, like, that. it's, I guess that's one of the things, like, why I, was, I didn't realize, like, Oh, like a pea sandwich. Like, that is very... <laughs> but you're giving like it to a bully from, at the end of the yeah, day. But, yeah, but, like, it, in, in my head, it was mm. just like I'm coming at it from, like, a like a justice. Like, uh, like, I know the intent in my heart wasn't, you know, so, like, uh, you know, disgusting. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I guess, like, with that one, with, the, like, the, the act out of the, the sniffing the pens, mm -hmm. that was just from... You know, like literally seeing that this is cherry flavored. Who's doing this? Uh, but yeah, I guess that's just yeah, that's me, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, that's me all the way. And, well, a lot of stuff I was reading about you. People say how relatable you are. Like uh -huh. he's talking about roommates and working at a job and stuff like that. So when you get your material, are you trying to think outside the box? Or are you just like this happened to me today. Let me write it down and then try to come out. Yeah, I feel for the most part, like, especially up to now, that's been, like, okay, like, an experience I've had. I, I haven't yet, you know, like, tried to, like, tackle an abstract thought, you right. know? Like, I that'd be cool to get level up to that someday. Mm -hmm. But, like, I guess I can only joke about things that happened and made me think of something, made me laugh. Right. Or some stupid shit I've said to my friend that makes them chuckle. I'm like, okay, I can, I can roll with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, have you ever gone too far on a joke? Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was, I was definitely borderline racist for a little while. Okay. Um, because I had this thing, I was like, oh, I'm not white, I can't be racist. Uh, but that's not true. You can definitely be racist. <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, I'm joking. Kind of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you definitely, as an open micer, you say things that are too far for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, especially, again, I, I keep going back to the theme I have, but when you're authentically you, you're going to say some shit that, like, ooh, what? Yeah. Um, so, Wendy, what do you do when you get to that point? When you go too far? Yeah. Um, I think you have to look at and decide, is it the wording? Is it the content? Is it can't? Is there a way that I can make it funny? Or 
Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of any times that I've gone too far, and really, I think they just mostly have to do with, uh, you know, lean a little bit too heavy on that being molested material. So, um, you know, and that's like kind of a really like over, <laughs> it's overdone. It's tired as fuck, honestly, you know. Mm. Um, and so. I think you have to decide like is this something that I want to try and make palatable to people do I like this this concept enough mm -hmm. this premise enough to try and make people like it you know um, or do I just want to work on something else and throw this in the garbage you know right. like, or am I sorry that I said that at all <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean going too far in comedy is just them not laughing and you being like alright that wasn't that funny was yeah. too much yep. yeah. Yeah, move on to the next one mm -hmm. that's where it should be at least you know what I mean right. like as long as it's an actual joke you were performing we can agree that you have a certain leeway on what you're saying um yeah there, there are people that you will see now they're like oh it's just comedy i should be able to say whatever mm -hmm. i want at any time and like no that's not no like right. if you're a couple years in and you're in, at an open mic and you say one off cuff thing that's not you know, kosher, mm -hmm. and you, and then you, you, you kind of address that by not saying it again anymore. Then that's one thing. But if you keep saying it after you, you're not, that's not, that's no longer. That's how you feel at, at right. that point. You know what I mean? Well, I've had I think two conversations with people at Helium where they were like, "You gotta censor what people say, right? You can't let them say that." And I've never had a conversation longer than twenty seconds with these people. Right, because I think that at the end of the day with comedy, you have to work on this getting funny. You can't worry that oh no, if I say people at left hand, you know, dominance are stupid, then people are gonna hate me. Yeah, you have to be able to work out whatever you want to work out. I yeah, mean, like in the first place, you know, it's important to I think personally to have that you know that like environment where you don't feel like you have to censor yourself and mm -hmm. at the end of the day a lot of people are like oh like I don't feel like I can say this or that and it's like you can say whatever you want but like you know and a lot of people will be like okay if people are laughing that justifies this thing that you know may not be acceptable to people but the other part of it is like you're gonna have friction with people in the community and that is also a big part of comedy is whether or not you're having friction with other people mm -hmm. you know and that can fuck you over so right. you know I think that's also something to take in mind about whether or not you're going too far well one of my favorite things I've ever been told by any comic was Todd Glass was talking about people saying you can't say anything anymore but he goes you could talk about women's empowerment you could talk about uh, gay lesbian um transgender you could talk about all of this that 15 years ago you couldn't talk about so i think when people are like oh you can't say anything anymore it's very little what you can't say mm -hmm. we all know what it is yeah. right i think comedy now is more open than it has ever been yeah. in the history of comedy and you can say those things if you say them in a funny way true people have proved that over and over and over right. again uh -huh. except right. for you just you can't just throw it out there and they're not gonna just laugh Mm -hmm. instinctively anymore because it's shocking you know mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier but like no if you finagle that in a good way like they will still laugh mm -hmm. it's gonna right. be hard to yeah. get there and while you're getting there you may be canceled but right. <laughs> good luck you know what I'm saying <laughs> have fun I'm, trying I'm, to get there bro. I've always kind of felt it's like you know like joking about things that you know typically wouldn't think could be funny it's like that's like deep down in the ground and you need to have like a legit excavating like machine with hydraulics right. to get down there. But like when you just start out, you got one of those little like you hand like a little pickaxe, yeah, plastic trowel, yeah, yeah like a Jurassic yeah, Park yeah. Yeah. brush, yeah, exactly. <laughs> plastic, you know, like. And so you're just trying to do that, and so but you see the people, like you know, you you can watch you know the people at the top that have right. 
built up these muscles to be able to do that over decades. Right. And since comedy's just talking, they make it look so easy. And so that's kind of a thing, you know, especially when you first start, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get that mind that you know fertile yeah, ground you leave that like, stuff for like rob schneider down there and we just you know <laughs> brush off our like Ooh. One, one of the <laughs> just one of the one of my favorite moments like i think my first year was at the curious open mic when curtis was hosting it and mm-hmm. this this and it was curious like it was all ages so like you would get like some legit like 14 year olds <laughs> going up there and this kid went up and you know he had, like cargo shorts on and he had just he was doing some joke about the Holocaust, and the only like it's fairly packed place. The only person laughing is Aaron Klopfer in the back, and you know he's just laughing, <laughs> laughing this guy bomb with Holocaust material. But the kid ended and was just like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, I guess you know, you guys weren't ready, you know, uh, for me to you know, say some real shit. Yeah, too yeah. real for yeah. y'all." And and he goes up, and Curtis just walks up there and was like. His first words, he just goes, he's like, dude, you're a 14-year-old white kid in cargo shorts. You said exactly what we were expecting. <laughs> and it just, the place just erupted, and it was just, yeah, it was just one of those things, like, he was trying to go for it, but, like, you, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of crawling, we're going to go to our last audio clip. Um, so this, I think, is from 2014 from you, Dylan. Oh uh, I think it might be a Portland's Funniest Person set, too. Uh, so let's run the Jenkins Grocery and shirts, and we'll come back and talk about it on KBOO. I work in a grocery store, and you know, working in the service industry is fun because you get to find th- find out things about yourself that you didn't know. Like I was working one day, and a woman walked up to me, and she had her little kid. She goes, "Excuse me, I was wondering what's the recommended daily allotment of acidophilus to maintain a healthy digestive tract in a five-year-old child?" And it's just like, "Oh shit." You know, see, I didn't know how to answer that question because up until that point, I was unaware that I projected the image of a healthcare specialist. <laughs> you know, let alone to the extent that she's going to take my advice and directly implement it in the raising of her child. It's like, damn. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think I look like someone you would come up to seeking wellness advice. Not, not in my opinion. I look. I think I look like someone you'd come up to. And you'd say, "Hey, man, I'm having one hell of a time trying to light my farts on fire, dude. You look like you know what's up." <laughs> like, like that. That's something I could see myself answering. That shit. You know, that that'd be real simple. It'd be like, "Sit down, young young one. The day is short, and you have much to learn. Let's do this." You know, I like. I don't. I don't think I look like. I'm. You know, I'm not the healthiest person. Like, I. I, I try and go shopping for clothes, and the only t-shirts I can find that fit me have this fucking pocket in them right here. Like, what the fuck is this for? You know, wh- all I could think of is like when the, when the guy was designing this, sh- this shirt, and he had it down, and he was like, this is the perfect 4X shirt. And at that time, his friend came in, and was like, Dave, dude, that's a size 4X shirt, all right? Whoever's wearing this shirt is not going to want to snack any further than six inches away from his fucking face at any given time. You know, put the snack pocket on the motherfucker. <laughs> uh, put a snack pocket on that motherfucker. Cracks me up still to this day. That's hilarious. Uh, where were you at when you were doing that stuff, man? Like, as far as 
in your process and in, in your comedy career, where were you at? Like, oh, this is what's happening, or how were you feeling about yourself? Well, that was like every shirt I had had that fucking <laughs> pocket on it, and so that like it wasn't wasn't like I was sitting around like, man, I don't want to tackle shirt pockets. <laughs> it was just a thing like I noticed and was like bummed out about, but I figured I could make. But listen to that like that. I could have not said four of those sentences with the shirt mm-hmm, pocket. Mm-hmm. Like I could have just like boom, like that, like in and out. So, and I feel like listen to that there, without all that unnecessary stuff. Like that's a like a a good joke. Right, solid. But that that talking, in the middle, that's just the lack of experience don't you mm. feel like a lot of that though was hey i have three minutes to fill up i know i have <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds of funny jokes let me just fill in up until you know what i mean yeah. like a lot of mm. it was like i'm just filling time here like yeah. i know these sentences aren't funny but like and that's what like the experience comes in it's like all right now let me fill up these these uh these bullshit sentences yeah. with actual with jokes actual or well yeah. i mean like Yes, to an extent. Yeah. But I also think, like, it's listen to that. It's like, in my head, I was like, they're not gonna, like, they're not gonna understand why this is. I would have the snack here mm-hmm. unless I explain the friend coming in, and then just all that. It was just that's in my head. I I thought I needed that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny listening to that, where it's just like, dude, fucking get to the <laughs> get to yeah. the funny of it. And also, like, still very funny. It is a really funny joke. And I'm sorry like you've that. had to listen to that first part <laughs> for five years. <laughs> <laughs> you change it up a little bit. Well, I just it, which it part? Was, the lighting, the farts on fire. Do you still mm-hmm. do that, Joe? I do the 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 acidoph- like the first part. I haven't done the lighting, the farts on fire. That might have to make a, a resurgence. But but that other thing is like kind of a thing where you talked earlier about like having something that you kind of fall back on if, like, you forget things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's specific, the healthcare specialist. They're asking you about acidophilus. Yeah. That's funny. I don't remember that joke, but I remember you saying acidophilus. Like, I can yeah. hear it in my head. But, like, that's kind of, like, that's my go-to. Like, if I panic and I can't remember anything, right. I go to that. And it's a bad habit. Yeah. But it's also, it's a thing where, like, I don't know, it, it works, like, it's still, like, it gets laughs. But, like, that's one, when I'm saying that joke, I feel bad for all the staff. <laughs> oh, no. Because I'm like, <laughs> probably, this mother... <laughs> you gonna no. do this joke again, bro? Still good, Dude, too, man. Come on! <laughs> uh, well, so, this show doesn't have much structure, but I end it by asking uh, one question. So, Brandon, we'll start with you. Uh, what does comedy do for you? It's open-ended. How do you feel about it? Um... I think it gives me a lot of my my confidence and mm. self worth. If I'm being like real about it, um, like I don't, I haven't, I don't have a real career. You know what I mean? Like mm. this is my career, and I think uh, I, I, most young adults take a lot of pride in what they do. You right. know what I mean? Um, so I, I think that's it gives me. Um, social skills that I definitely wouldn't have without it. You know what mm. I mean? Uh, you've seen me on the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> Wild. Can, can, you, can you imagine if I didn't have somewhere to be, you know, have my comeuppance? You know what I mean? Where I Would had not to be, be playing basketball with you, I'll <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I was just uh, – it keeps me humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps me uh, 
humble and motivated. You know what I mean? Like right. keep wanting to do more. Every time you see your friend get something that you thought was unobtainable, but you're like, oh wait, I know I was literally around someone who who is now like working for a TV show. Right. And I was around them like every day for a year. Like that could have been me if I would have just you know worked it harder a different way for a little bit. So like that's very motivating. Um, mm-hmm comedy you know you see big things happening all around you and you realize like oh that could be me if i just figure it out right yeah uh dylan how about for you what does comedy do for you man oh man like okay so this is like we're treading into like just complete cliche territory but yeah but it's like it's just the coolest it's hands down the coolest thing that i do Mm -hmm. and you know it's just it's fun it it puts it it gets me out of my comfort zone and it's I've got to do a lot of really cool shit right. because of it that I wouldn't have ever done. You know, getting to meet people and just, you know, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun when it works. Yeah, when it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you, and for you, what does comedy do for you? Um. Yeah, I also just feel pretty cliche about it. I mean, honestly, to be like uh, super lame about it, comedy really feeds my soul a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it gives me also... Um, you know, it is fun. It gives me a lot of confidence. You know, I and it's something to hold on to um, when I feel like things get turbulent in my life. As much as it's sort of like this dumb thing that you know everybody knows, people do comedy when they have fucking mental problems. But it really does give me a lot of consistency in my life, mm-hmm. and it's one of the only. It's one of the maybe two things that have stayed really consistent in my life over time. Yeah. And I, you know, it is a lot of fun and I love it and it makes me feel really good. It makes me feel good. Like that's really just the bottom mm-hmm. line. It makes me Word. feel really good. So, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll cut out a little bit early. We'll just go ahead and play some music out. This is a KBOO 90.7. You listen to Comic Insights with Nick Harris. We have Brandon Lyons. What it do? Dylan Jenkins. What's up everybody? And Wendy Weiss. See ya. Thank you. If you listen, have a wonderful night. Oh, that was Brad. Yeah, that was Thanks, really though. fun. Oh, thank you for having time. us on. That was thank really you. fun. Oh, Those were in two. Thank you.
KBOO Portland. Taking a hard ride into that fuzzy little room way down deep inside your mind where everything old is new again and you might even grow nostalgic for places you've never even been to before. And there's that big chair uh, welcoming us into that fuzzy little room where we can be here now. At the corner of Calacala Boulevard and Bourbon 